So yeah, my name is Tim. I'm the youth worker here at Forest Town Church. Um, Ant sends his greetings from Cambodia. Ant, uh, Clive and Ian have gone out from us um, to Cambodia on mission. They have been at it, you know, like nothing. They've apparently done like, was it 12 different... 12 different, 12 plus different villages where each village they've gone to, you know, spoken the word of God and, and gone on, you know, got slept and then gone on to the next place. You know, they are, are you know, really at it. So it's, um, it's great. We just, we just, you know, obviously send them our, our prayers and our blessings. Um, and, and we know that there's going to be some great stories just of what God's doing amongst the people there. Um, little story from this week. Um, I, I don't, is she in here at all? Um, is Kevin, sorry, is, um, is Barbie Rickson in today? No, okay. Well, she'll help me, hate me doing this in her absence, but a little story from the week. Um, we had some school uh, visit in this week. Uh, we had a bunch of year eights from a, a school in, um, in St. Albans come to our church, and they came just to look around and to kind of learn a bit about the Christian faith by just visiting a church. And uh, it's quite a tough school. The, the young people are there because of behavioral reasons. Um, anyway, I was kind of part of just showing the kids around, and I showed them into the Planet Shakers room up, up, upstairs. And for you guys who haven't seen, the Planet Shakers room has got a big wall of it painted with stories about God, about from the Bible. And that's done by Barbie Rickson, who comes here. And just, uh, it was just absolutely an amazing time as we walked into this room of the young people, you know, with, with, with very little Bible knowledge, just pointing to things, going, oh, what's that? And, oh, is that, is that thing? So, is that big whale? Is that Noah? No, no, that boat must be Noah. And, like, just kind of the bits they knew and then the bits they were asking. And they kind of asked, you know, great questions about, you know, what's that gold box thing? You know, like, you know, how do you explain the Ark of the Covenant to a year eight? You know, and, uh, and, then, you know, and then looking at you know, the cross and the two people by Jesus. And they, they didn't, they were fascinated by two people died next to Jesus. And, and yeah, just... Just brilliant. So just, um, I really thank God and f- for that opportunity. And kind of in her absence, um, uh, can we also thank Barbie Rickson for that opportunity? Just give her a big round of applause. You know, she's not here. Just say, you know, because I just felt like that was just something that was in my heart. I just sort of felt, wow, you know, that's pretty our, our building bearing testimony to God. It was just really encouraging. So, um, yeah, this, this weekend as well, we've had the lock-in. We took the young people to St. Albans Abbey. We didn't sleep very much, but that was a great time together. Um, the, if you didn't hear about it, we all got locked in the cathedral overnight, Friday through to Saturday, 300-plus uh, teenagers. I know some of you, it sounds like a nightmare. It was great fun. There was worship, prayer, great time uh, together um, with that. My personal highlight was myself and Matt were undefeated at FIFA. And I was like, yes, you know, we, we won every FIFA game we played, um, which is good for me because I usually lose. I think Matt's quite good. So I say, answer away, but um, he's kind of given me a free choice of topic today. Um, it's dangerous, that, isn't it? Um, <laughs> how little he knows me. He's only known me a year. Um, and I, I did have my 10 point sermon about how, you know, your youth worker needs a, a, a good holiday to the Bahamas. But, um, God's got something else in mind, I hope, for us this morning. So um, let's, let's see where we're going. Um, if you've been around Forest Town for a while, um, you'll know that over our community is that a mission to be rooted, to be planted, and to be fruitful followers of Jesus. That's the, the mission that we're following. And um, we wanted to be rooted in the, in the truth of the gospel uh, about what Jesus has done for us. And we want to be planted in family, having real community here. And we want to be fruitful in life, sharing the good things God has, has done for us with others. A little while ago, we, we had a look at our roots. We, took, we did a series called Tending Our Roots, where we looked at things like worship and prayer and preaching and the, kind of the, the, ba- the nuts and bolts, the basics of how do we do this 
rooted, planted, fruitful thing. And then more recently, we've been looking at our culture as a church. You know, if these are the things we're called to do, how are we called to live? What sort of community are we going to be? And we've picked out some hallmarks that we want to have, things like unity and forgiveness and authenticity, being real and, and honor and courage and generosity. A few things that will mark us out in servant-heartedness. So, for example, because I believe in unity, if I have uh, a problem with tox, not pick, I'm picking on tox because I don't have a problem with tox, but if I had a problem with tox, then because I believe in, authentic, in, um, yeah, in, in unity, I would seek to go to him rather than sharing that with others. And I would seek not to, to, do, to rant on Facebook or by text, but to go to him face to face and talk about what's going on and resolve that, that conflict. Or because I believe in authenticity, it means that I want to be real with my life and not pretend that everything is perfect and not hide behind a mask. Because I know that if I am real about the struggles that I face, that helps other people also to be real. So we've just been kind of looking at those things. And, and today I'm, we're going to kind of take a step away, keeping that kind of background there. But I, I, want, I think there's some stuff God has for us today, particularly on that word fruitful. And I, I want to look um, with you at the power of the sower. Uh, so if you have a Bible, to um, turn it's Matthew chapter 13. Um, Link, it would be helpful, actually. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but if you want to kind of get it prepared in the background, that'd be great. It's just the start of Matthew 13. That'd be fantastic. Thank you. Just for those who don't have a Bible. So as we look at it, we read that Jesus had a large crowd following him. And he's going into a boat. Um, he gets into a boat to teach them. Um, from a lake. And he's talking to them using parables. Now, a parable's a story with a, a rich kind of meaning behind it. Like the word actually comes from something being laid as- alongside something. It's like you have the parable, but laid alongside the parable, you have a meaning that kind of is hidden underneath. It kind of reminds me of those magic eye pictures. Has anyone ever seen those magic eye pictures where it's, it's, it looks like just a crazy pattern, but there's something like hidden underneath? If you, now, for ages, I thought everyone was pulling my leg. I thought it's like kind of an emperor's new clothes thing. It's like everyone else is, oh, yeah, the, I can see the boat. Can you see the boat? I can see the boat, yeah. And I'm like, I can't see anything. All I can see is a pattern. And, but I am assured, I've never been able to do them, but I am assured that you can see something through them if you go cross-eyed or go to a certain distance or something. And it's kind of like that with parables, that... It's, it, on, one, on the surface, it can be one thing, but underneath, there's, there's a meaning. Um, and you might be wondering, well, why did Jesus use parables? Why not just tell the people directly what they needed to know? Why, why do that? I mean, surely it's making it harder for people to understand. But I think there are some practical reasons Jesus spoke in, in parables. Um, for one thing, he was an amazing storyteller. He, the way he told stories captured people's imaginations. And he talked about things that, that related to people, things like um, fishing and harvesting, things they could understand and, and would remember. And stories are more memorable. In fact, psychologists tell us that you actually remember up to 80% more through stories than if you just received it, the information like, as, as a big list of facts. So you know, stories help us to remember. They, they stay with us. But there's also, I think, another reason. There's a spiritual reason going on here. The same parable can be told to two people in the same place right next door to each other. And one of them can walk away enlightened. And the other one can go away unmoved. And what parables do as well, they, they, they show us the, the, our hearts. They show us where our hearts are at. And it's kind of down to the hearer sometimes what, comes out, what they get out of it. Because God reveals things in our hearts through parables. 
That's why Jesus says in verse 9, whoever has ears, let them hear. I mean, he's, everybody there had ears, probably. <laughs> it's not as saying, you know, whoever has physical ears, you should hear that. And I'm really sorry for you guys who don't have ears. No, he's, he's saying there's a, there's a spiritual ears here. You know, whoever's heart is open, hear what God has to say. So, yeah, so we read. Jesus um, tells them a parable. He tells them a parable about a farmer sowing seed. So um, the farmer goes out, and if I was doing kids' service, I'd have some kids throwing some seeds on the floor, but I, I won't do that today. Um, the same seed falls in four different places. It falls on the path, on the rocky ground, amongst the thorns, and on the good soil. And on the path, it doesn't even get a chance to grow. The birds come up and eat it straight away. On the rocky ground, it springs up, but it's shallow soil. So there's no root, and after a while... With the sun scorching down, it withers up. Amongst the thorns, the seed grows, but it's choked and unproductive by the thorns that, and weeds that grow up around it. And lastly, the seed in the good soil produces a crop 160 or 30 times what is sown. So that's the parable. Skip with me now. Like if we can go on to verse 18. Because Jesus goes on, he explains a little bit about parables, and we've kind of covered that. But he then goes on to explain to the disciples what the parable means. And I think there's some things for us in here. The seed that is sown is what Jesus calls the message of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom. In other words, it's the gospel, the good news about Jesus. Perhaps you're new to church, perhaps you've, or perhaps you've been for a long time, but you've never really understood what this is, what the good news is. Well, let, let me put it to you in terms of a kingdom. Um... God created the heavens and the earth. And he, he made two kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven and this kingdom. And he put us here and he gave us authority and responsibility and freedom to, to rule over this kingdom. But we rebelled. So, so we had him as king, but we rebelled. And we gave our over our authority to the prince of this world, the devil. We gave him the kingdom. And so since that time, darkness has been in charge. He's been the prince of the world. And even though we, don't, we didn't want him as our prince, it's like we became trapped and, and enslaved that way. You know, all, all of us can relate to this, that, that feeling of maybe there's patterns of behavior that you, you wish you could break free from, but you just seem to be trapped in, or perhaps you, you've been hurt by others. And it's like the damage that's, that's, that's happened to you seems to be wherever you go, it follows you around. And you can't find that healing and that peace. Now enters Jesus into this world, the real king, the king of kings. And he lived the perfect life we could not live. And he died the death that we deserve because, simply because he loves us. And he rose to life showing that he is the king, the real king. And his triumph has both liberated us from the old kingdom and the whole world has also been liberated uh, with, it, with him. So when we choose to place our trust in Jesus... When he received his kingship, he rescues us from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so we have the, this, new, this new dawn has begun. Since Jesus died on that cross, the kingdom of heaven has been um, forcefully advancing over the earth. That the, the, king, the kingdom of, of hope, of love, of truth, of justice, of healing, of righteousness is breaking forth across this world. And one day, it's going to come in full. And our, our, our role, those who have accepted Jesus, is we are heralds of this kingdom, and we're part of bringing it in. 
And that's like the big picture, really, of our gospel, that we are kingdom bringers. You know, that's what Jesus has called us to do. And, it, and, it, and he, he will come again in full. So verse 19, Jesus says, anyone who hears this message but doesn't understand it, it's like the devil snatches away what, what was sown. That's the seed sown on the path. This is a hard thing to hear, isn't it? I mean, if, if you're like me, this raises questions. I'm like, well, God, why? Why did you let that happen? You know, wh- wh- why does that happen? How is that fair? You know, they hear something, but it's snatched away. And it's like for some people, it's like a bad phone connection with the gospel. Like, you know, they kind of hear it, but they don't really hear it. And sometimes that's the spiritual attack going on in their lives, maybe from their own thoughts, maybe from others around them who, who, who just come to them and say, you don't really believe that rubbish, do you? And sometimes it's the state of their heart that perhaps, you know, they, there's just a, a lot of cynicism that leads to unbelief and they're just not open to hearing things. And sometimes it's that they're actually full of pride and, and themselves. And I've heard it said that the, the only people Jesus sends away empty are those who are already full of themselves. But, but yeah, perhaps, perhaps you've been around church for a while, but perhaps today you're hearing that gospel again and there's a spark in you even that you, you, you realize, you know what, I've heard this, but I've, I've never received this for myself. Maybe you felt like there's that bad connection before. You just, you know, you, you, you kind of get it, but it doesn't quite connect with you. Let me just encourage you. If you, if you want to uh, receive prayer for a revelation of God's love today, I would love to pray f- for you. And there's others here who will pray at the end as well. And I'm going to give an opportunity just for you to, to receive prayer on that. If you want to receive God's love, you want to connect with that love that is above all loves. And let me tell you, it's, it is the most <laughs> amazing love. As Tox prayed earlier, there is nothing like Jesus' love. So I'll give you an opportunity at the end if you want to, to do that. We read on. There's, there's verse 20. The seed falling on, on rocky ground is someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution come, they quickly fall away. They fall away. I, I don't want to kind of get bogged down here into questions about does that mean they ever really receive Jesus or not? I think there's theological questions we can, we can wrestle with there, but I, think, I feel that would be a distraction. I feel that here is... Do you remember when I shared the thing about the cruise ship and the battleship? This is the kind of people talking on here, that sometimes as Christians we can think that we've received Jesus, here's our everything, so everything's going to be great now. And it's like we expect to be kind of on a cruise ship for life. It's like, you know, we're thinking, great, we go, we sit in the sun, this, life is all going to be perfect now. And so here we are, we're sitting in our swimming pool, and then a bomb goes off by the boat. And we're like, the captain say, I'm sorry, what's this about? A, a bomb just exploded. This is not safe. This is not safe for my cruise ship. I'm not happy. And the captain's like, what are you talking about? This is a battleship. You know, we're, we're on mission here. Where is the pool? I didn't know there was a pool. You know, the, actually, the challenge is, some of us have this completely wrong picture of the Christian life because yes Jesus is satisfying yes he's our everything yes he is our comforter our peace our righteousness our goodness and his love is like no other love but he also has a mission for us and you know, he told us straight out we will ex- we will experience trouble he said you will be persecuted it's not a, not an if it's a, it's a when he, you will it will come and so we have to kind of shift our expectation to the kingdom being about that mission that battle it will be a battle and I think the, this, this, these seeds, the ones that they have that shallow root, because it's like they didn't, didn't hear that. They, it's like they didn't ex- expect that. So when it comes, they've got no root for it. And as a church, we've 
gone through that time of, of tending our roots, looking at the basics, deepening our roots in Jesus, so that when we, we do face troubles, when we do face tough times, our root is stronger and we can last. Yeah, and we can bear fruit. You know, scientists have discovered that, that some trees have roots with over 50 meters deep, 50 meters into the ground, some trees grow. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really deep. But like that, let us have those deep roots in, in Jesus so that we can last. And on we go. Um, verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns is someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. It's so easy to get sidetracked, isn't it? I find, it, I, find I get sidetracked really easy. And I think that's part of what God was speaking to us today. Um, even marriage, I'm, I'm, I'm married to a beautiful and courageous and amazing girl, Becky, and it's the best decision I've ever made, she's, apart from following Jesus. Uh, she is passionate about God, and she's an amazing, amazing girl. She has an amazing heart for caring for people. But we realize, you know, you know even a month in, we actually we read a blog, I think, independently. I think she read it first, and then I actually read it somewhere else. I think it's by Francis Chan. Um, and... He was just challenging to say, do you know what? You know, even marriage, sometimes marriage counseling can have it backwards because it's almost like they're expecting the marriage to be the thing of life that's the fulfillment. And he was just challenging to say, do you know what? Marriage is great and looking after each other's needs is great, but you've got to have a bigger picture than that. The kingdom's the big picture. You know, you can't live for anything less than Jesus because you won't find fulfillment in it. And even in marriage, if that's, if that's the end goal, it isn't going to be it. Yeah, he's bigger. He's bigger than that. And we've got to live for something more grand. And as we, as we learn to kind of serve God side by side together, we find that our love for each other will grow in that. Or take another example. that The passage mentions money. And I don't think that um, Jesus is saying here that having money is wrong. I don't think the Bible teaches that. Um, in fact, I think that you can be very greedy without having much, much money. It's very much about your state of heart, about how you deal with money. And it's talking about the deceitfulness of wealth. Because it can be the more you have, the harder the test it can be. But you can be generous with what you have, no matter how much you have. And I think that there's a challenge here. We, you know, we don't want to spend our life ch- chasing after material and possessions. You know, God has got more for us to do. There's nothing wrong with having money. But how you use it, you're, you're his steward. And I think the challenge is, you know, do we, do we think about our money as, I earned it so it's mine? Or do we think of it as, it's all God's, and he's, he's made me a steward. So I'm thankful for what I have, and I'll use it to serve his kingdom. So I don't know what sort of things sidetrack you. I mean, there's a couple. I'm going to give you, here's a few more of mine. Okay, um, caring too much about what people think. That's one of mine. I get sidetracked by that. Or uh, missing opportunities because of fear. Um, trying to do everything rather than the few things that Jesus is calling me to. Uh, wasting time on Facebook. <laughs> or Twitter or whatever other social media here or just busyness of life sometimes busyness for busyness's sake and, or, or prayerlessness that's one that sidetracks I mean just, um, just turn to your neighbour wherever you are and just say none of that list applied to me but I think you should listen so just, just where you are <laughs> and I could go on okay There's, that was a short summary there's a lot more in my life that sidetracks me and last, last week in worship, we heard in Isaiah 55, God is inviting us to delight in the richest affair, in him, in Jesus. And my prayer for myself is that to have more of Jesus, 
more of him like, and to, for everything else to be like rubbish. You know, I don't want to live as a Martha and, it, and, and be distracted by all the things that, that, would, that I'm doing and miss the Mary experience of sitting with Jesus because that is so much better. So how about you? Are you hungry for Jesus? He loves you don't, so much. Don't settle for anything less. He wants more. And then lastly, we come to, to verse 23, um, the good soil. The seed that fell on the good soil is someone who hears the word and understands it. They are the ones who go on to produce a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Um, or the same passage in, in Luke chapter 8 um, puts it a slightly different way. It says, the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart hear the word and by persevering produce a crop. A slightly different version of Luke 8. So just as so I kind of come in to land, as the expression goes, I've got maybe just three kind of keys for fruitfulness I felt I wanted to share with you, um, which I felt, felt were kind of key for us in this next time. You know, for us to be fruitful, what are the keys? I thought one of them is that perseverance through patience. You know, the growth of fruit takes time. I've never been much of a gardener, but um, I did just once have a, a little vegetable plot in Bedford, and um, I, I put in some sweet corn um, for it. And I didn't really know what I'm doing, but I, I managed to read up enough to go, okay, I need to prepare the ground, and then you plant it. But then once that's happened, you really, you can't do a lot. It's there, it either grows or it doesn't, and y- you've, you've done your best, but then it's just a, a case of patience. And just, you know, it comes through. And fruit's like that. And I think there's a mystery to it. And so I think our role is to, is to prepare the ground of our hearts as a community and then to trust in God with perseverance and patience. It's God's word. He'll do the rest. I think some of us have been hurt by disappointments in the past, maybe uh, through church, maybe in your faith elsewhere. I think some of us maybe carry some burdens where maybe you've hoped for, for God to come through in something or maybe even you, you've been part of a, ch- a, a church community. Maybe you've had people you love and connect with move away. I think we need to process those disappointments healthily to keep hope and keep waiting patiently for God. Because he is on the move, no, no doubt about it. I mean, as I look around, there's, there's some amazing science. Like, these courses going on, CAP, foundations, these are great things to be involved with. And just in our times of worship, and I don't know if anyone noticed, the, the growth and intimacy we've kind of been on as a journey. I don't know if anyone's noticed that feeling of, of God's presence coming closer and closer in our times together. Um, or in amongst us as a community, I think God's been doing something amazing with unity. I was blown away by the number of, I would say it's right, Borvos, Borvos, Ro- Boris. I'm trying, Borvos. Yes, okay, Borvos roles. I was blown away by the number of roles that were bought as a community as we were blessing the guys out to go on mission. That to me was a, just a great indicator of the unity in, in the place that people are, so, are behind people, heart and soul. It's great. I love it. God is doing something here. But we need to patiently continue to wait for him and go where he's going. And that's kind of links to my second key, really. As well as patience, I think we need dependency. And that seems to be coming through. And this is my one that's most pressing for my heart right now. How much do I really depend on Jesus? If he took a day off, well, if he took a day off, he actually sustains the entire universe. So I would just disappear. But if he took a day off, if you like kind of stepped away, how much would I really know and notice? You know, how... What impossible things am I, am I trying to do and praying and asking for, which would be impossible if he doesn't come through? It's a challenge to myself. I offer it as a challenge to myself. And I just want to, want to publicly repent because as I kind of came to, to write this talk, one of the things that I was just really convicted of was, was prayerlessness. 
I was so aware that um, as I came, I felt like, God, do you know what? It's been a while since I've really prayed for the church. Where, where are we at the moment? What's going on? You know, wh- how are you, where are you leading us? And that, you know, this is a youth worker, so I'm being, being honest here. And I, it was just a conviction of, do you know what? I don't want to settle into a path where I think I, I can just manage fine on my own, you know, and ask you the, the occasional question. I, you know, I, I think that that will be a sad loss. And so just, just probably saying, I, I'm committing myself to, to be a renewed commitment to pray for my church regularly and to ask God for, his, for the direction, not just for my little bit, for what's going on for us, you know, and, and in the kingdom wider. And I think it's a key season for us as a church. I think I would, look, I would call them those with a prophetic ear. And I think we can all, all of us as Christians, we can all hear from God. So this is for everyone. But particularly, I know there's ones out amongst us who've got a prophetic ear and can, can hear God uh, really well. And I just encourage you to be listening and to be praying and to be sharing those. You know, I think that there's this key kind of direction to come out uh, of this time. And, you know, we, we need you, uh, uh, your, your prophetic voice. So do, you know, feel free. And I just think, you know, um, I'd love to see... Loads more up here sharing from the front. You know, if you feel God's got something f- for us, go for it. You know, like some of us, I think we know this, and it's like um, uh, it's just a step of obedience. And I know it's scary, but you know, if God's calling you to you, you to it, don't hold back. You know, do step out in that because you know it's, it'll be so good for us. I just want to say as well, this is a safe place. This is an encouraging place. You know, it's fine to step out and make mistakes. It is a safe place. That's how we all learn and how we all grow. You know, I've made plenty. So it, I, th- I think I just want to encourage us in that. You know, some of you know that you've got things that perhaps you hold back from sharing. Just go for it. You know, we need it. So we, we need to depend on Jesus, his word and his spirit. Um, as R.T. Kendall says, we get a lot more done accidentally um, th- that way than we could ever do on purpose. And speaking of dependency, my last one, my last, my last key is courage, and my page is blank, um, because that's where I got to. So this one's a bit off, off the notes, um, and I am depending. But I think our third key is courage. This, this is kind of what happens. Um, if we are to be fruitful as a community, some of you will break through for others. It's like um, some of you will, will take a step of courage. And what happens when you do that is that all of us, are encouraged by that and we can follow with you and it's something that, that builds like that and I, I think some of us need to know as a community um, we here want to celebrate obedience not just results so again we don't we want to celebrate obedience not just results what do I mean by that let's say you take a step out and offer to pray for someone um, maybe following a word from God and let's say um, let's say that that's a prophetic word. And, and their response is, thank you. I don't think that's, that's for me, but thank you. So easy it is to, at that point to say, oh, I got it wrong again. Oh, gosh. And I want to say, we want to celebrate that as a community. Well done for taking a step out in courage. Well done for being obedient to your, to your, to your father. And I think we, as a culture, let's go for that courage. Where we say, you know what? Every time someone, every time someone steps out um, and goes uh, following what they think God is, is calling them to, then we want to celebrate that obedience to God, no matter what happens following that. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, this is a safe place to make mistakes, and we will make some, you know, and that's okay. You know, and the sensitivity here, you know, I don't think it's good to go up to someone and say, I think God's telling me you're going to marry, I'm going to marry you. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's safety here, okay, you know. Um, but you know, I think we, we as, as a community, let's go for courage, yeah? You know, that's, that's what we want to build in. We want to live that way. And, you know, actually, that dependency, listen on what God is saying to you, and then courage, go for it, act on it, step out. 
So yeah, three, three keys for us, I think, would be fruitful. You know, that, that patience, that dependency, and that courage. And I think with those things, God has got great things, and he's on the move.